friends, welcome back to another episode of the All Good in the Brotherhood podcast with your hosts, I'm Nate Whitaker, and I'm joined by Francisco Whitaker. Sup? So today we're just going to be kind of having a more fun episode to just talk about life, and uh, we know each other obviously because we've grown up together as brothers, but to uh, give you guys a chance to get to know us a little bit more in just a low-key setting. Yeah, yeah, we thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about our situations in life, where we are right now. Uh, what we like about it, what we don't, what's funny. It's kind of some stories. So we're just kind of just start, like, where are we right now? Right. Yeah. Francisco, why, why don't you start since you're kind of the the outstanding, uh, unique one. You're, you're the monk, so that's kind of an interesting topic. Yeah. Let's just start so, with that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a Benedictine monk. Um, it's for those who might not be familiar with religious orders in the church. Um, there are several different ones with charisms, you know, how they approach living the gospel. I live as a Benedictine, which we follow the rule of St. Benedict. It was established back in the 6th century. And it's a group, a community of men living under an abbot. Who's kind of, that's comes from the uh, Hebrew word Abba for father. He's our spiritual father. And we take vows of obedience, conversion, and stability. So how I became a monk, somewhere in the middle of my sophomore year of college, I was studying at St. Vincent, which is a college right directly connected with the monastery here. And I had been thinking about a vocation for a while when I was young, but kind of put it aside for a while. But in the middle of my sophomore year of college, I really just felt God asked me to step out in faith and uh, to really pursue a religious life as a monk. So after I graduated, a month afterwards, I entered the novitiate, which is the first year of the monastery, and began my formation. So now couple years later I am a simply professed which is in the still in the stages of formation I haven't committed my life to the monastery fully yet but I'm in the stages of doing so uh, I live with about 90 other monks who live here in the monastery there's about 150 of us professed to the house I work as a campus minister in the college and as an assistant in the vocation office to our vocation director seeing if guys are interested in joining the monastery uh, and how we can help them in their discernment process. Right. So um, real quick, because you mentioned that you've taken those three vows and you named each of them. Yeah. But could you just talk real quick about each of them just to clarify what they are? Yeah. So obedience is probably the most self-explanatory. I take a vow that I will obey what the abbot asks me to do, what a job or or, uh, assignment. assignment. Yeah or to superiors who have rank above me. Stability is unique in that uh, other orders, they kind of move their uh, friars or their monks, whatever, around to different places. Benedictines take stability, which means we're grounded to this particular place, St. Vincent Monastery for me. Right. Uh, And that it's both an internal and external vow, so that internally I'm always connected to this particular community. Right. Even if externally I don't always live here, I always come back here. This is where my roots are always. Interesting. And, so others would be more kind of almost like nomadic monks, but yeah. you guys are really stable to this particular place. Yes. And conversion is about daily conversion of heart, that I always strive to live the gospel more deeply and fully every day kind of what's the true call of all christians right we just make explicit as a vow that's really interesting okay yeah for me i'm uh i'm living a little bit of a different life um out in california surfs up yeah yeah getting into surfing this year 
and uh, at a college that's really pretty scenic place, Thomas Aquinas College. It's set in the mountains a little bit, but it's about 15 minutes from the from the beach, so that's pretty nice. Um, it's near Santa Barbara, um, so if you've been in that area, you, you know the natural beauty it has. But um, I got interested in Thomas Aquinas right before my senior year. I, I have family members who were really encouraging me to, to go, particularly my mom. And at first I was pretty skeptical because I didn't want to go to school that far away because I've grown up in um, western Pennsylvania around Pittsburgh. And I didn't really want to go that far away, and I had some other plans in mind. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I went on a on a program over the summer to kind of experience what life's like there for two weeks, and that really sold me. Um, as it turns out, school there is a little different than the than the, than the <laughs> two weeks program that I got to visit, as it is probably with most with with most colleges. Yeah, for sure. That do those kind of programs over the summer for for high schoolers. But all in all, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, made a lot of good friends there and really deep connections I think that I think hopefully will last for a lifetime but um, the education can be pretty rigorous sometimes I, I it's been exhausting a little bit this past year everybody goes there for the same um, major and we all take the same classes in the same order so it's it, in that way it's it's a little bit um, interesting because we all have the same experience basically of the school aside yeah, from different right. extracurriculars and different hobbies everybody has the same academic experience at the school which the upside is that you can uh, if you're struggling with a yeah. particular class or just like in help. my case uh, or in most of the sophomores cases uh, the psychological <laughs> effects of being a sophomore between yeah. the academics and a lot of other stuff that happens in the school sophomore year it's it's pretty tough yeah for sure but because everybody has the same experience you can go to an upperclassman and be like hey I'm having a rough time. I know you had this same rough right. time a year or yeah, two ago. Yeah. Could you give me advice on what to do? That's a pretty cool community. It's a strong community because it's a small school, so everybody's friends with each other. It's kind of like family, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's with the monastery, too. It's just a family. Uh, but because there's family, there also means that there's, like, family spats. Oh, and yeah. Family quirks, yeah. for sure. Oh, oh, my gosh. Talk about quirks. This place is, like, one of the quirkiest things entities that exists yeah uh but it's great and actually as my novice master said if you don't believe any of the other proofs for the existence of god the monastery's existence <laughs> should be one because it's the fact that it's stayed this long with all these different guys yeah the fact that all of these people are willing to live together um to sacrifice their egos and their own pettiness right sometimes still lingers but in, in a sense, you know, we, we are so willing to set those things aside right. for pursuit of something greater means that God has got to be the center of it. Otherwise, it would not work. Right. Well, I mean, the fact that it's been still standing here even after you showed up three years ago is proof of God's Hey, business. I only tried to burn it down once. <laughs> Chill. Okay. Well, <laughs> the monastery is built out of solid concrete and brick. It's, it's pretty ugly. But indestructible. Yeah, exactly. You know, if World War Three broke out and we were worried about uh, nuclear fallout. You're not in a bad place. Dude, totally. I can sit and watch from the sixth floor and be totally fine. But I just picture you up there with like a margarita, just watching the mushroom cloud just explode over Pittsburgh. I had a dream the other day, actually, that uh, we were at home and you, mom, and I were on the hill in our backyard. And yeah. The the ground at the bottom of the hill opened up. Oh gosh. And a, a nuclear missile came out. Oh. Uh. And all of a sudden. Just looking from the hill, all of a sudden became like an open landscape that you could see for miles, and there were just nukes shooting out That's all actually kind of over epic the place. and terrifying. It was horrible. Were you scared in the dream? Uh, scared, yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of a little excited. Yeah. But well, um, 
that all right i'm just gonna gloss over the fact that you just said that because that sounds like you're a psychopath i just mean like like whoa look at all these missiles oh not fair. the rea- re- reality like the boyish that, excitement exactly of like, hey, not look, if one of those missiles turned around and like you know crashed right, right you know that'd be kind of the yeah. end yeah anyways so what does okay so you kind of you know told us where you are and what it's like what what would be like a typical day at tac oh i guess i'll go off of the last couple weeks um of school because those are the ones most fresh in my mind just because obviously they're most recent um i guess the normal one would involve i i've been trying to get into i was trying to get into working out in a more serious way this past semester so i'd get up maybe do a, a morning workout um grab breakfast if i can um or if i like take too long in my shower after the workout maybe you don't have time for that but yeah try to do that and then normally an 8.30 class, which mm-hmm. was um, Latin. They require us to take Latin there, so that was a little rough. But then after Latin, um, you know, normally another class. And then it's lunchtime, and uh, we got to study these different math. Basically, in math, because we have to take math classes there for all four years we go there, we have um, these proofs we have to demonstrate on a chalkboard. Yeah, I know. I and some of them the can pictures. be one page long. Some of them can be four or five pages long, whatever it is. We got to memorize them and go up there on the chalkboard with no book or notes with us and um, demonstrate them for our whole class, That's which insanity. can be, it's kind of intimidating sometimes. I had to do one with a partner last year that was like five pages long. Yeah, I know. It took like an hour to do, but you, yeah, no matter how long it is, you got to memorize it. So that's, that's pretty so intense. Wild. And for me, um, math was, this past year was a one o'clock class. So I, I wouldn't oh. very much enjoy lunch <laughs> if I get two plates, it's like half nauseous because I'm trying to frantically memorize um, this proof that I have to possibly demonstrate yeah. that afternoon. And you don't know what days you're supposed to demonstrate. Exactly. It's not like it's, it's a sign. Card. It's, it's kind of wild card. You, you find out at class who's going to be the one that yeah. has to do it. So sometimes you're prepared, sometimes you're not, and you're, you're a little bit screwed. So, uh, so then, I, yeah, yeah, basically okay. after lunch um, and then after that math class, normally I uh, have some work to do because I have a student work agreement, which most of the students at TAC, the school I go to, actually also do work, whether it's groundskeeping or work in the kitchen or janitorial, so much so that they actually don't have a ton of employees. They yeah, get right. to have it labor. mostly be run by students in return for money, but um, but it's a pretty good deal for the school and for us, honestly, because we get an extra scholarship. Um, so yeah, I'll normally work for a while and then maybe do another workout, have dinner, um, maybe study if I'm feeling productive. So normally not study. Yeah, normally right. go play pool or volleyball <laughs> with some friends. There you go. And then, uh, and then there's like a, every night they, we have um, prayers through the whole campus. Yeah, it, yeah, like right. the rosary or, or mass goes on at nighttime that I'll sometimes go to. Um, a lot of people like to get up early in the morning for mass, but you know, there's multiple masses offered a day. Yeah. And I just, because of how busy I am in the first half of the day, if I do go, it's often in the nighttime. So then I'll go to a night mass and then go to bed or something. Solid. So Solid. pretty busy day, but pretty rewarding too. And uh, so I guess to turn the question around, what's like a normal day in the life of a monk for you at least? Yeah, for me. Um, so I start by waking up around 5.45 in the morning. Wow. Um, can't imagine that. Uh, it's, it's, it's rough. I still can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like every time the bell goes off in the morning, um, I usually start the morning with a a word I won't repeat. Um, yeah. And then, then... A prayer, of course. Oh, he yeah, just doesn't want to say the whole prayer right Yeah, I don't now. want to make you all feel bad about yeah. how holy I am as soon as I wake up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... it's so usually, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
forever. It's usually the the word I, I start with. Yes, know, so like forever that. and ever, amen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so more it's like, forget it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I get up. I have morning prayer at 6.15, um, followed directly by Mass. Uh, ends around 7.30. So we have breakfast, which I usually skip because I'm so tired. I usually try to sneak in a half an hour nap before classes start. Fair. Um, then we have morning classes because uh, I take seminary. I'm in the seminary study for the priesthood, so I have seminary classes. Is that mostly theology or? Well, I just finished my philosophy degree. Um, okay. So this coming semester, it'll be theology classes. That's right. Uh, and then I take those mostly through the morning. Um, maybe I'll get a workout in, lifting if, if I can, or go on a run if I have time. We have midday prayer at 1130, lunch, afternoon, usually classes. Yeah. Uh, try to do a holy hour. Uh, not try. I do a holy hour. Uh, I should try to work By out. By holy hour, you mean? Yeah, like pray in front of the tabernacle, do Lexi Divina, reading the Bible. Right. Um, you know, try not to sleep during my prayer time. That's fair. Um, journaling. I like to journal when I pray. Um, then you have Vespers, evening prayer at 5, followed by dinner. Then in the uh, early to late evenings, I work in campus ministry in the college. Um, so that usually I'm doing something, whether it's leading a small group, leading Bible study. Uh, we have festival praises. We, I also do work with uh, particular men's groups on campus. So we play sports or do different things. Right. So that's kind of my evening. Then I have to come back if I have time. I'll do some studying and then hopefully in bed by you know, like 10, 45, 11. Right. Do it all over again. So and then I also work in the vacation office. So sometimes we have a guest here. I take care of him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how things go. In long days, though, there tends to be uh, a lot of things that get on my nerves. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, I think for me, um, like, well, waking up is a thing that really bucks me. I am not <laughs> a morning person. I'm not a morning person at all. I really cannot stand getting up in the morning. I especially don't like when people try to talk to me in the morning. Oh yeah. Like. Good morning, Francisco. How are you? Yeah. Like, go back to wherever you came from. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Yeah. The other thing. No, like, those, those people are. They're special. They're they're made to be punching bags, honestly. Like, <laughs> and then that that's really the calling in life that they ought to have. Because I, I know exactly how you feel. You get up in the morning, you or sometimes even you're not feeling terrible. You're you're almost just proud of yourself that hey, I got up this early, and but you're groggy yeah. and. I don't drink coffee. I know you don't drink coffee, yeah, so we no. don't even have that. We just kind of yeah, exactly. roll out of bed because we don't have a taste for coffee, and just we're just rolling off of whatever energy we might happen to have picked up during a short night of sleep. And we, we roll out of our room, and there's always that guy that's like yeah. in the hall or in a classroom, wherever, who's like, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. Isn't it a great morning? You're like, bro, just shut up. <laughs> I don't even want to be awake right now. Exactly. I, I'm just lucky that I got a shower in before I came to class. <laughs> yeah, just, no. So, yeah. But it's okay. Those, yeah. God loves those people too. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, those those things bug me. Right. Um, I think like something that just really started bugging me this year more was just, like feeling like the intel intellectual and academic work was like the highest thing to do here. Yeah. Um, and I, I came here to be a monk. I didn't come here to be an intellect. Right. Um, hmm. And that I think sometimes, especially with this monastery, it's just a very academically gifted and very intellectually gifted group of men right that sometimes the spiritual part of being a monk is kind of lost in the shuffle it's downplayed over the under, underneath the i don't kind know of academic side downplay but it's just like kind of forgotten sometimes oh, interesting. um 
And but you have a lot of monks that are like professors and teachers. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, we also have monks who are spiritual directors and retreat masters. So it's it's all there. It's just especially during the semester, I'm so busy. I just hate how much academics here consumes my time. And I just yeah. want to be a monk sometimes, you know, um, or all the time. That's what I'm supposed to be. So I, I think that 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 kind of like having to constantly be like. I don't know, going over, constantly going, going, going. And when I really would like to just kind of be contemplative, just read my Bible, just pray my rosary sometimes. Um, just basic, kind of the bare necessities of a spiritual life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It kind of gets gets lost. Um, that, and, and there's a little bit of a culture of criticism around here. Um, I yeah. think because there are so high achieving people, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of expectation. High standards. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, if you don't meet up to this, is in your grandma's monastery. Uh, no, 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 no. I no. mean, your grandma didn't even go to a monastery. That's why she's your grandma. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know. I'm saying, so yeah. yeah, but so you know, and I, I think that's just a problem, like everywhere in America these days, just like work focused, leisure, all aside. Right. Um. And and I put so much pressure on myself in that too that it can be very difficult sometimes to to let myself wind down and and it's it's hard to to do that here. I think that's so. I know you've talked about stuff at TAC being kind of rah sometimes too. Yeah, it can be a little bit like that. It's it's funny. I've been uh, talking to our data actually about this recently at one time, um, but it's kind of an interesting thing that happens because you, you would think that at a much smaller school, because at my school they actually only allow 100 kids to come to the school every year. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's just a student body about 400. Um, so you would think that everyone would be have to be really good friends with each other, and that in a way that is very true. Sure, it's well that's at least good. You get to know everybody on a personal level, which is really cool, and you you'll have everyone pretty much in class between the time when you go there and you graduate. And that's all very good, but the downside is there's like this um, <laughs> no privacy fric- friction. Well, no privacy for one thing. Everything you do is like just public domain to be spoken of and gossiped. Ugh. But also there's this tension where everyone's kind of quietly competing with each other because say you go to an ivy league school it's like you know d1 sports or whatever yeah um you're not possibly if you're just an average kid you don't have to be like lame or anything but you're just an average kid you're not going to bother trying to compete with the school's popular or successful kids because chances are they're like the point guard for the d1 team yeah right they probably have prospects um with like nba teams to make millions of dollars their faces are on posters around campus. You're not going to bother because, like, he's, he's on a different planet. But where I go to school, it's so small, you can almost, like, think you can compete with everybody with, yeah. without trying to be, like, Man, that's like prideful. Yeah. You're not, like, thinking, oh, I need to be the best. But it's easy to think, like, I kind of want to be the best because it's so often talked about, like, oh, everyone knows who, who the good Frisbee player is or everyone knows who the good basketball player is or the, the best uh, people, everyone knows who the smart kids are in each class. Yeah, right. And unlike you know some huge school of twenty five thousand kids, where the smart kid is basically Albert Einstein, or yeah. the great basketball yeah. player is on his way to becoming his own new LeBron James. Here, the the smart kids are within reach in a way. Yeah. And the great basketball players are maybe just a little bit better than you. Mm. So you have just that kind of um, ambition is, is fueled by the smallness of the school, where you think I could be the best, and so you always feel this. Um, competition everywhere. Kind of this competition and this pressure to try to be the best all the time. Wow, that would be rough. It is. It is a little rough. It's. 
it's motivating sometimes, but ironically, actually, eventually it gets unmotivating. When you yeah. get so numb to feeling the pressure all the time, it can be easy to react the other way and just be like, well, you know what? Screw it. I, I don't want to be in this competition all the time. I'm just not going to care about stuff that much. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, but my first year, I think I spent competing with everyone. And the second year, I felt the negative effects of just kind Trying of to. stopping caring. Yeah. Um, and, and while also trying to compete with like a back and forth between the extremes. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, but on a good note, I think we should end on a good note before we just uh, uh, oh, yeah, give well, the I, listeners yeah. the vibe that our lives <laughs> suck. I hate everything about no. what I am, uh, what I do. Life is a shamble. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, like, I do love being a monk. Yeah. I mean, there are so many more things that outweigh the things that I don't like. The devil wants to make us focus on those things and thus get us out. Right. Um, and that's that's his whole play is like just like focus on the little negatives right. instead of like the whopping huge blessings that are standing right in front of us. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean for me, take like, those for granted. Yeah, exactly. Because like oh, they're always there. Right. Um, but well, if they're always there, then that's awesome. Exactly. Um, so yeah, for me, like just like the great parts about being a monk. I mean, one is the community here. I mean. You have guys with such a variety of interests that you can find someone that probably aligns with one of your interests somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, love volleyball. Well, I got brother Bosco who also played volleyball in co- right. college and high school. And you're a nerd about Star Wars. Exactly. And I got Father Lawrence and brother Barnabas, Father Barnabas now, um, who are also like pretty nerdy about watching Star Wars stuff and right. we're watching the Kenobi series over the summer. Right. Um, and and just like the. The communal prayer is just, it's so, it's so nice to know that I don't have to rely on myself to mm. pray for that. That on the days that I feel like absolute garbage, yeah, I can just turn to the office with my brothers and know that like, okay, I feel crappy, but other people here probably also feel crappy. And together we can kind of rise above our own pettiness um, and just like our kind of self-pity. And just be like, let's pray together and praise God that way. Which is beautiful how you just described that. Cause that's very countercultural in a wonderful way where like much of our culture nowadays emphasizes kind of a self-empowerment and yeah, total independency. I don't need other people. I'm I'm free to live on my own and I can I can just power through and do everything on my own. But I think real consolation comes from realizing we can't do things on our own. We shouldn't try to do things on our own. Yeah. We're made for, sure. for one another. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, there's I, I know what you mean though about how in general our lives are kind of Gucci and kind of wonderful and yet somehow the the devil gets us to focus on the little annoying things case yep. in point when you're outside in a beautiful summer day why is it you notice a mosquito is <laughs> oh, because dude, it's I only don't. a singular point of pain but somehow um you forget about the fact that the rest of your body feels fine and it's a beautiful gorgeous day because there's that one little point of a tiny little insect pulling it's a drop comfort. of blood out of your but yeah and that's all you focus on and you get mad and any of us would and that's how it can be with life sometimes. We have these wonderful life situations that we start taking for granted because we think that's the norm. And then all we focus on is the little uh, pinpricks of pain and yeah. um, inconvenience that kind of come our way. And so, yeah, no, on the whole, with all the little ways in which I just complained about my school a few minutes ago, it is a wonderful school. And I wouldn't say I would trade it for any other school to go to right now. And the people that, the friends that I made there alone would make it would validate it in my mind to be yeah. probably one of the best schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, I think my academic experience there has really taught me a lot. Oh, for and, sure. And that, in, in the end, is also the most important part. So 
It's just the little the little day to day you can lose sight of those big picture things. Yeah. When you're just up way too early and the cafeteria eggs are terrible <laughs> and dry. Yep. And then you go to class and you like say something stupid and you look like an idiot. Like but when you really think about it, okay, it's just an hour of pain. Yeah. But like the months and months of worthwhile like day to day experiences make it all worthwhile. Yeah, I mean you've talked about some of like the crazy fun things you've done with your friends. Like either like really crazy or like your school dances sound like such a blast oh they're awesome i mean you got themes you guys have entertainment right you have like special food we like, learn how to swing dance and waltz just by being here it's, it's yeah awesome. exactly like that kind of stuff you can't trade right um yeah and like here like the monastery is willing to work with what i'm interested in mm-hmm. like i want to be a fiction writer and they're sending me to conferences for creative writing right um, and they, they're genuinely interested in what I'm interested in. Yeah. Like what? That like that what other opportunities that, do you have? Exactly. That? That's so hard to find too. Is people to be interested in what you're interested in, right? Or want to see you? Not that people don't want to see each other succeed, but there's such this competition you're talking about earlier. Yeah. The American dream involves the American backstabbing yeah. of other people to rise to where you want to be. Right. And I think both of our experiences, me here at the monastery. Uh, you at TAC like just the community built that like yeah there's competition in both spheres but there's also such a profound encouragement right um, that I days sure feel maybe like lonely and alone but like I know that's so fundamentally wrong right that I'm not alone and I, there's no need to be lonely and I think you probably could agree with that oh I totally can and one thing I've actually come to love is the idea of the the consolation in the pain mm. so you don't you don't reach a state of um feeling hopeful or by just uh shoving your problems under the rug yeah um for example case of point loneliness yeah you don't have to um fix feelings of loneliness by just thinking about okay well i'm just around a bunch of people so that should fix my problem because right. that won't necessarily be true 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 but you can actually fix loneliness by realizing wait i'm around a bunch of other people and they probably experience loneliness too. Yeah. Like this this fraternity we have in the human experience. It's not always a fun experience. Mm-hmm. As a Catholic prayer we say we often say um, uses the phrase valley of tears to refer to our life on earth. Mm-hmm. It is a valley of tears sometimes. There's sometimes it seems like most days there's more inconveniences and little troubles than there are yeah. like super happy moments. Exactly. Um, but the fact is we don't always have to be ecstatic. We can actually take consolation even while we're in the midst of feeling bad feelings by realizing everybody in all of history and all the people around me are feeling these too. Yeah. We can have a fraternity in the suffering. And to be in communities that are, I guess, conscious of that. Open and vulnerable with yeah, each other. Supportive yeah, supportive and like willing to, like, when crap hits the fan, right. that like, I'll sit up with you until 2 a.m. Right. Like, I got monk brothers who totally, we've done that for each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we're tired, exhausted, and we got morning prayer at 6.15, but gosh darn it, I will sit in your room and talk about, like, the crazy things that's happening. Exactly. Um, and I know you've told me about friends doing that at school with you, yeah. too. Yeah, so. up late at night, talking at 3 a.m. with people, just walking around a parking lot just because, like, something's bad and we just need to talk it out. Yeah. And and the wonder, wonderful aspect of that is that um, you can also, because of that fraternity mm-hmm. that you've built up through friendship, you can also then turn to not just um, consoling each other, but holding each other accountable. Oh, yeah. Because heaven knows, 
Many of our problems are inflicted on us by people being unkind or life circumstances, but a lot of our problems, in my case, majority of yeah. our problems, are self-inflicted. Self-inflicted, yeah. I, I do things I know I shouldn't do, or I don't do things I know I should do. Yeah. And if you have a real solid friend, it, it doesn't feel good. I had a friend do this recently, kind of called me out on some, some behavior I needed to kind of get in check. And in the meantime, while I was literally doing it, I knew this is good, but it doesn't feel good. But I realized, no, that's true love between friendship yep. or between different friends is that they can't just they don't just console each other when they're having a rough time hey man it's, it's going to be okay but you can also encourage each other to be better and hold each other accountable so that you can get straight the problems that you can control yeah yeah and together you can work towards a higher better way of life yeah absolutely well i think praise was, god for community exactly yeah, yeah. praise god for good community talking with, about People. The transcendentals community. The you the word unity is in that. Unity of the many. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And it's in community we discover the truth about who we are as right. individuals. And that, share with one another. Yeah, that it is it creates a, a beautiful thing, a beautiful experience. Um and to just truly know that we are good. Right. Uh despite the, the feelings we have about ourselves. And the mistakes we make. Competitions that we feel like, oh, I'm inferior to this person or I'm the exception to the way that people say God loves me or that I'm worthy of these things. Like, nope. In community, we're reminded the truth of who we are. Um, that's why the devil loves disunity because as soon as he makes us separate, mm-hmm. uh, he makes us fall. Right. Um, but, and lastly, to mention the last transcendental, when we have really good friends who are going to gather around us, they're going to encourage and point out the beauty within us. Yeah. And we can also be drawn out of ourselves like beauty ought to do with us so that we can recognize the beauty in one another. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's from our life experiences. Like, we experience the transcendentals on a daily basis. Right. And that's, you know, something for us to reflect on, too, is just how is where God has put me today um, an opportunity to experience goodness, truth, and beauty in my life. And the more we experience those things, I think the more grateful we're going to be uh, and the more willing to draw others into those experiences. Exactly. So we can share it with an even larger and ever-growing community. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's what we have for today. So we thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, please follow, subscribe, and uh, look forward to joining us again for our next episode. Peace, Peace. out. God bless. <laughs>